Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast is sponsored by fine people like Mike DeMaria. This is Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast. So, you want to be a rock and roll star. Ladies and gentlemen, we welcome back to the marquee, the Moves! So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star is the opening track on The Move's live EP, Something Else from The Move, released on June 21, 1968. The album was recorded so badly at the Marquee Club in London that the vocals had to be dubbed over. The EP would have been an LP, but The Move originals from the first album performed at the show could not be used. This song was first released by the Birds in January 1967. They used the creation of the Monkees as inspiration for the creation of their rock star blueprint song. Birdsologist Tim Connors described the song as an acerbic but good-natured swipe at the success of manufactured rock bands like the Monkees. The Birds version spent three weeks in Billboard's Top 40, topping out at number 29. It did not chart in England. Congratulations. Because of your unusual taste and achievements, you have been selected for this exclusive offer. Bring us your songs and let us start you off on a profitable new career. High-class music publishers. I may bring them my song. Hey, Mike's a songwriter. Hi, I'm Eric Winsenson. And I'm Eric Paul Johnson. So, you want to be a rock and roll star? Mm, I think in my teens and early 20s, I thought I did. Uh, but uh, now, I'd be satisfied with just being a podcasting star. Well, listen close to what I say. <laughs> do I have you to? want to be a rock and roll star, you got to play this song like the move do live. <laughs> mm. Yeah. I think I'll stick with being a podcasting star. I'm familiar with this from the birds, of course. It's a very short song that they did, and it's a pretty good bird song. They were transitioning from doing their 12-string folk rock stuff at the time into more country rock and a little bit of psychedelic stuff. Gotten rid of the psychedelic stuff by then. This was after Fifth Dimension. Not the band, the album. Yeah. But The Move decided to take a whack at it in concert. Yeah, they sure did whack at it a lot. I don't know if that's Carl or Roy singing. I don't know. I think it's Carl. I think it's Carl. Yeah. But yeah, they do a really amped up version of it <laughs> yeah. with a lot of guitar racket from Roy yeah, and some great drumming from Bev in there and a lot of energy. 
a lot of energy that I wish they would have brought to the album sometimes. <laughs> but it's kind of a little artifact. I know it's off an entire live album, which a live album right after they released one studio album. Yeah. I don't know if that was authorized by them or if that was, well, uh, uh, Cherry Blossom Clinic, people like this song. Maybe we should rush something out there. <laughs> yeah. But I really like their version. It doesn't really sound like the stuff they were doing on the album so much. This kind of gives you more of an idea of what they were performing and makes me kind of upset that there's not video or a lot of actual video of the move live to see a bit more, at least this version of the move. Right. To see more like they what they were like in concert. Sounds like it was a great show. Well, somebody got a new wah-wah pedal, and they really want you to hear what they can do with it. I hate it. I hate this song. It has everything about 60s music that I hate. It's a racket. It's got that obnoxious wah-wah pedal in there. And um, I never really liked the original song to start with. I know this is a crime against humanity, but I was never really crazy about the birds. Turn, 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 and uh, Mr. Tambourine Man always bored me. I don't know, it just sounds so plain and, and basic for me. And I think part of it was, growing up in the 70s and 80s, you're going to hear this song. We're going to play it a lot, a really lot, and we're going to tell you how great it is. And I've just always been kind of, eh. Haven't heard the whole Bird's discography, but what I have heard, I like Mr. Spaceman, and that's about the only Bird song that I like. Not uh, even eight miles high. I did, and that there's another one that always got played a lot. No, I don't like that one either. I know, I know. Not everything can be put on the Ritz by Taco. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Putting on the Ritz. That level of awesomeness. I first heard the song in 1985, but it was Tom Petty's live version. I wasn't crazy about that. That one's basically just copying the yeah. birds. Straight. Yeah, there's nothing really different about it. And then a year later, I heard the birds version. I don't like this one either. So to start off with, I, I don't like the song. And I don't like the noise the move is making. Yeah, you're right. Bev is awesome on drums. I mean, I guess it's par for the course for the move. It really takes some balls to release a live album after your first album. I don't know if the move thought we should do this or the record company did, but it was recorded so badly, which is another knock against it, that they had to, well, like just about every live album, they had to go in the studio and overdub the vocals because they were just so badly recorded that you couldn't hear them. I was wondering how we got actual clarity from the 60s on this one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 60s equipment wasn't... I was thinking, they got a good soundboard going here. They sure do, in the studio. I do feel stupid, though, because the storyline of it, I always thought, oh, what are you guys talking about? You were struggling musicians before you got big, so you know that it takes 
a whole lot more than just pick up an electric guitar and learn a song. And there you are, you get your record deal and you're on the radio and you're famous. I mean, I guess because I really never liked this song, so I never looked too deep into it until you came up here and we have to cover it. But it's actually the birds mocking the monkeys. And that made me think, well, lyrically, sure, I like this. Because they're pretty much just saying, yeah, I want to be a rock and roll star. It's just this easy. Have a network, create a TV show, hire some guys who look good and they're silly and fit what you need, and get yourself a bank of professional songwriters, back them up with professional studio musicians. There you go, Last Train to Clarksville, you're number one for 38 weeks. So I do like the snarkiness of the lyrics. That's probably why I've always liked it, because it wasn't, hey, rock and roll, it's great, and let's live the lifestyle. It's very early one of, well, <laughs> <laughs> um, everything's all manufactured by the corporation, and you do what you're told. Yeah. From the look to the songs that you play and everything else, you just sit there and do as you're told. <laughs> yeah. I love the monkeys, but yeah, at first they were manufactured. They were just going for looks and goofiness. You say we manufactured. To that we all agree. But the band never struggled through the playing ratty bar years or getting well, stuff thrown at them. Band. I know, yeah, I know Mike and uh, Peter. Mike and Pete. They were actual musicians. Yeah. Yeah. Pete was on the folk scene. Yeah. Mike was already a professional songwriter. Yeah. So but, he had some experience coming up through that. Yeah. Because if he hadn't been in the Monkees, he probably would have gotten stuck in Nashville. Even though I think he hated that whole scene too. And so he <laughs> used his fame from the Monkees to avoid it all. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Peter was your typical Greenwich Village folk musician. Yeah. No, I know they, the first recording session, they brought their instruments and the people in charge said, no, no, you just set those aside. We got these guys over here to play. We just need your voice now perform monkey and i'm not talking exactly about monkey like the member of the band i mean like monkey like an ape all right come on let's go monkey here's a banana do the song and and then we'll put you back in your <laughs> until then i wouldn't be surprised if they paid in bananas yeah and then nesmith had enough of that and punched a yeah. hole in the wall and said it's either us or there's nothing going on here which then gave us some of the best songs on early monkeys albums <laughs> uh, yeah other than the hits which actually well they had great session musicians back then that could actually make them worth listening to well yeah i mean sound like kitty stuff yeah i like that early monkey stuff too but when you put it up against the stuff that was actually made by the monkeys the actual monkey stuff sounds less manufactured less here are the instructions to make this song go ahead just follow these instructions and we'll have another big hit so I liked it. You hated it. Yeah. And uh, I like it a little bit less knowing that the vocals were overdubbed. It was going to be a whole album, but it sounded so horrible that it became an EP. And I'm only three songs in, and so far every one of them is a remake. And I have low expectations that there is going to be any original or live versions of original move songs for the other two that's left. <laughs> Got something to say about? So you want to be a rock and roll star? Then call the telephone line voicemail. 623-850-3375. Call now. Ho, 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 ho. Ho, 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 ho. 
Christmas Carol Catastrophes, a podcast covering the oddest Christmas songs to ever be unleashed on an unsuspecting public. First episode comes out November 17th. with my thoughts on So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star by The Move. I really like this song, but this particular version, to be honest with you, the production is very poor. It sounds like somebody recorded this on one of those portable cassette recorders that I think everyone had at one time or another with one speaker. I'm sure it sounds like they do a good job playing it close to the original, but it's really hard to comment because, again, the production quality is so poor. But having said that, I don't think anything tops the original by the birds, and so far, my favorite cover of this song has been Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers' live version on their Pack Up the Plantation live album. Well, that's all for this week. I'll talk to you next week. Face the Music, a pre-ELO song-by-song podcast, is a production of Radio Trolla Entertainment Assorted Deli Meets Amalgamated. You can contact us by voicemail at 623-850-3375 or email us at eloftmpodcast at gmail.com and we'll read and reply to it on the show. Keep up to date by joining our Facebook group and spread the word by sharing the link or giving us a quick rating on iTunes. Subscribe to our YouTube page, the Electric Light Orchestra Podcast Channel, to hear other goodies. You can financially support the podcast at patreon.com slash elopod or PayPal using the podcast's email address or send a check or money order to P.O. Box 1932, Superior, Arizona 85173. Next week, Stephanie knows who...